Welcome to Come Follow Me On The Go. My name is Kylie, and this podcast is designed for families and children that are in the car and on the go. Each podcast episode, I will be sharing stories and scriptures from the Come Follow Me lesson plans. In addition, discussion questions are provided so families can pause the podcast to discuss and grow closer to Christ and closer together as a family while you are in the car and on the go. Okay, welcome back to Come Follow Me on the Go. This is a fun week. We are in first and second, Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. We're actually going to start at the end just because I was so pumped that there was actually like a story for me to share. There probably happened and that they've gone over my head. But we're going to learn about Philemon and his slave Onesimus. Um, So Paul writes a letter to Philemon while he's in prison in Rome. Paul starts out like he almost always seems to start out in his letters. He praises him and he lets him know how grateful he is for like all the work that he's doing in the gospel. He tells him that he's constantly praying for him. This is the only letter in the gospels that Paul writes personally to one person and not to a whole people. So he tells Philemon that he is grateful that he is opening his home up to be used for gospel-centered purposes which that in and of itself, I feel like is a question that you guys can discuss as a family of how do you currently use your home to share the gospel? And is there a way that you guys want to do that more? Philemon has a slave named Onesimus and Onesimus stole money from Philemon and ran away to Rome. But while he's in Rome, he's actually converted to the gospel of Christ. And then Paul writes Philemon and asks him and encourages him to not only like accept him back without like the traditional harsh, harsh consequences that would come with stealing, but he says like accept him back as a brother in Christ. Paul even offers to pay Onesimus's debts. So who is the true person that can actually pay our worldly sins and debt? Who do we rely on for that? So my little idea for this section for my own family is just while we drive to go around the car and play like the grateful game right so instead of like soda pop or candy bars and saying a soda pop and nobody can repeat it we would play what we're grateful for and why okay we're going to move into first timothy second timothy and titus this week And these are known as the pastoral epistles, which pastoral just means pastor or shepherd. And it's known this because a lot of these scriptures are Paul teaching how to like run the church. It's like the handbook of being the bishop or the deacons of the church. So we're going to start in chapter four. And in this verse, Paul tells Timothy, he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, 
but instead set an example for the believers in your speech, in your conduct, so your behavior, in your love, with your faith, and how you like serve people. So think of a time, because this is such a cool scripture. Paul is literally telling us we are never too young to like be an example of Christ and to teach people around us through our actions and our words. So think about it for a minute. Have you had a chance yet to like be an example in your classroom or with your peers that everybody was going to do this and you decided not to or this kid was left out and you were going to go out of your way to be his friend or instead of going to the football game, you decided to go serve your neighbor. Think about a time that you were able to be an example of Christ despite your age. Okay, so still in chapter 4, but verses 13 through 15, Paul was advising Timothy of what to do with the ministry and his calling and the people of Ephesus until Paul came to visit them. But I always love to like put on my own goggles of like, how does this apply to me? Like, I'm not waiting for Paul to come visit me. So how does this scripture apply to me? So in, so Paul was telling him, until I come. But I like to read it as, until Christ comes, these are the things I need to be doing. So Paul tells Timothy, you need to be giving attention to your reading. So you need to be studying your scriptures. He says you should be urging those around you to be following Christ. Um, he also says, work on your gifts, know the doctrine, meditate on all these things, and give yourself completely to them. And he says, if you do these things, you will not only save yourself, but you will save those that hear you. And as a mom, I was like, oh my gosh, if I can at least apply these principles to my life, hopefully I'll at least save my kids, right? If I'm studying my own scriptures, if I'm trying to teach them, if I'm working on my gifts and I'm meditating and knowing the doctrine, trying to see what Heavenly Father wants me to do, I can save those that hear me. Okay, so if you just heard this little story, I want you to try and rub your belly and pat your head at the same time. Did you do it? Did you hear my instructions? So the interesting thing about hearing is we can hear something and it can go in one ear and out the other. But what Paul is talking about is not that anybody that hears me and lets it out the other ear is going to be saved, but it's going to be the ones that hear and actively listen and do what they've been asked. So it'd be really fun if you want to play like a car version of Simon Says or play it at home, but you have to actively be listening in that game to be able to do the proper commands. Okay, these next scriptures are so fun, I think. They just make me giggle. But we are in chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. And in these verses, Paul teaches that to be Christ-like, and content with what we have equals great eternal gain. So if we are striving to be loving and Christ-centered, as well as happy to just have the clothes provided and food provided for us and shelter, we don't need this big fancy car or fancy boat to just be content with what we have means we're going to have a really great eternal reward, right? He said, we came to earth with nothing physical. We literally come just with the skin on our backs, and we have 
no physical belongings, right? We don't own any clothes when we first come out of our mother's wombs. We're just here. And he said, we will also leave the physical world in the same way. We will not take any earthly possessions with us. Okay, if we jump down to verse 11, Paul has gone on about how like the love of money is the root of all evil. And he says, if that's where you are, he says, flee these things. So run from them as fast as you can and learn to be content with what you have. Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's more important to learn to be content with whatever we have than to have everything and not be content? So what do you think is more important to have like a bajillion toys but no friends and no family that loves you or to have one favorite teddy bear but this amazing loving family? Which one would you choose? Okay, this one is also super fun for me. I don't know why, but it is still in chapter six. We're doing verse 11. And Paul teaches them that they should be fighting the good fight of faith. And I loved it. It jumped out to me because I just feel like in life, we are told all the time, don't fight. Don't fight. We don't need to fight over it. Like we can resolve this peacefully. But Paul is literally telling us like fight the good fight of faith. So if you are a superhero and you have to go fight the good fight of faith, what what spiritual tool would you want to use and what would you be fighting for? Like, what is your faith fight? Okay, we are going to move on into 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 6 through 8 and in this verse Paul is reminding Timothy to use the Holy Ghost like he was given this gift when they laid their hands on his head he received the gift of the Holy Ghost just like a lot of us who are if we are already eight or if we've already chosen to make that commitment and enter Christ's church we've been baptized and we've received the Holy Ghost but Paul is reminding him that he has to fan the flame of the Holy Ghost. So if anybody else loves fire, like me and my children, fire needs oxygen, right? And if the more you oxygen you give it and fuel, the bigger it will get. So he's telling him, fan the Holy Ghost so that you can receive more revelation and more guidance. If you look in different versions of the Bible, okay, so if you look in like the ESV, I want to see, or maybe this was actually the King James Version, but it it says that Paul was instructed to stir, stir it up, to stir up the Holy Ghost. So it just makes me think of how we might be given that gift of the Holy Ghost, but it can just sit there and be dormant and we can be not actively utilizing that gift. If we're not feeding it like wood and oxygen by praying for it or inviting it into our lives, studying our scriptures, it will just sink to the bottom of the pot and we won't actually get to fill its presence in our life every day. So how are some ways that you feel like you are doing really good at inviting the Holy Ghost into your life so that you can utilize that gift that you received?
Okay, so in 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul gives Timothy some advice. And then he says, just think on this and you'll get insight. Like, it'll, you'll understand it in time. Just ponder on it. This happens in my life all the time. I will read something or hear something and it won't make sense. And I'll just like ruminate on it for weeks, sometimes months, and then an answer will come to me, which is so awesome. So here's the snidbit in verses four through like six that he says. So Paul essentially tells him a soldier on duty does not get caught up in making deals at the marketplace. And he says he instead concentrates on carrying out the orders of his superiors. And then he says, an athlete who refuses to play by the rules will not get anywhere. Like he won't win the gold medal. He won't progress in his sport if he's not willing to play by the rules. Then he says, it's the diligent farmer who gets the produce. And then at the end of that, he says, think it over. And you'll come up with an understanding. So... I kind of sat and thought about this for a while. And here's what I thought. The soldier portion of it just told me like Heavenly Father has like given me a job and a task to do. And my focus should be on accomplishing that to the best of my ability and not getting sidetracked by worldly endeavors or goals or wants. And the second little thing about the athlete just reminded me that we have a rule book like we are athletes if you remember weeks ago we talked about we are running a race right and we're in it for the long haul not for the sprint and we have rules we have the 10 commandments we have other rules that we follow that have laid out our path and we will not get anywhere in our race or win the reward if we do not choose to adhere to those rules and then he talks about the farmer who's diligent is the one who reaps the reward. So same thing, whatever little seeds we're going to plant in our life, whether it's daily scripture study, daily prayers, that's our farming. Like that is how we grow our produce and reap the reward in our own lives currently and eternally. Okay, but the question for this section that I was going to use is just, Share a time that maybe you were confused about something at school, at work, at home, in the gospel, and you didn't like completely throw it out like, well, it must just not be important or it's not true. It's not valid. Instead, you just kind of sat on it and share how you came to the knowledge of understanding it or believing it or whatever it might be. Okay, so in chapter 2, verses 20 through, I want to say, 21-ish, I loved the imagery that was used in the message. I feel like it painted a clearer picture for me, so I'll kind of talk about those verbs. Paul is describing how in every house, in every kitchen, there are not only like the china cap or the china plates and the glass cups, and the silver platters used for serving food on holidays and nice occasions. But there's also the like trash can, there's the plastic cups, there's the paper plates that are used for just everyday use and aren't nearly as fancy and maybe not used for the fancy meals. 
But Paul says, you want to become the kind of container that God can use to present any and every kind of gift to the guests for their blessing. So he's saying, you want to become the china, like the fancy china or the silver platter or the really fancy glass cup. You want to become purified and clean and beautiful inside and out so that he can use you. And then he says, you do this by purging ourselves. So like whatever we think is bad, we like rip it out and we get rid of it. And then we run. He says, run from the foolish things. Run from them. Don't walk from them. Don't like slowly beander away. But run from things that will not be pleasant to Heavenly Father. Okay, so if we are fleeing and running from something that we don't want in our life anymore, what should you be running toward? All right, that is all that I have for this week. Thank you for joining me. I hope that your families were able to grow closer together and closer to Christ while you are in the car and on the go. 